0: Welcome to Who's Your Mother podcast, where we discover who we are as souls and mothers through weighty, spirituality, and healing. Hi, I'm Carolina, your host and master. I'm so very excited you're here today, so let's get started. Hi, I'm Carolina. I am... Reiki master, womb healer, and the host of Who's Your Mother podcast, and welcome, and thank you for listening. Uh, I'm just going to use this time to introduce myself and let you know my story with Reiki and how I ended up here. Um, It's quite an interesting journey. Um, Reiki for me was introduced to me when I was uh, trying to conceive my son, Ollie, Back in 2016, uh, we were trying to get pregnant and physically everything I was doing um, was correct. And my periods were regular. I was healthy. The doctors said everything was normal, but I still wasn't conceiving. Um, during that time, I also had fallen off my horse and I had suffered a very gnarly concussion to my head and I was put on medical leave for my job. I was working many, many, many hours and I was a workaholic control freak at that time. And little did I know that falling off the horse was the beginning of a lot of divine interventions that God source mother earth was all just throwing in my way to get me to the right place, to get me to slow down. And, um, now I understand like the true, true evidential meaning of uh, a God thing or God slapping up against the side of the head, as my mom likes to say. So um, Reiki came to me at the suggestion of Kelly Miller, which is the local Omaha uh, well-known psychic and my therapist. I was grieving the loss of my dad, and it was still the grief was really heavy. I was still a newlywed, and we wanted to have a family. Um, So two people in one week recommended that I get Reiki. And that's what I did. I went and got Reiki at this amazing place here in Omaha. And um I my Reiki master is still one of the most amazing human beings I've ever met in my entire life. And I still get Reiki with her regularly. And um so I got Reiki and then the very next month I was pregnant with Ollie. I was testing positive and it was insane. How quickly it was. I knew that as soon as I walked out of that session, I was forever changed. I felt sparkly, if you can even express that. I felt lighter. I had had this dark cloud, this heaviness in my chest, this I was I just didn't breathe the same after my dad had died, and that was the beginning of my spiritual awakening. And we had got married very quickly after my dad had died. He, my dad died in April when we were getting married, we got engaged in September and we were, um, we were married in December and that all happened in 2014. So this fast forward to 2016. Um, so in April of 2016, I was testing positive with Ollie, um, after one Reiki session, um, Reiki just made me feel, Lighter again. It made me feel like I could actually live and take a full deep breath after being depressed for so long. Um, we actually told my in-laws uh that we were pregnant with our son Ollie um on the anniversary of my dad's passing. It was a very special moment for us. We had gotten a pacifier and put it in a tiny little box. And we went to my husband's parents' house and I said, we have a gift for you. Um, and basically, um, I said, here you go. And she opened it and um, we, we told them that we were pregnant and we had not told them that we were trying. We didn't share those kind of details um, with them, but they were overjoyed and they were so excited because this was going to be the first grandchild that was going to be like in the same city. As them, And it was, it turned out, it was really great to have them close by as long as we did as, as, as long as we did, they now live in another state. But anyway, fast forward, I got Reiki through my pregnancy and postpartum, and um, it really was a magic slice of the recipe of all the things I was doing that got me out of the um, darkness of my postpartum recovery. This is so complex and it is so difficult to oh manage, let alone like recover from, especially if you have traumatic birth. Um it can be it's so unique for everyone. I really admire when I go to like Walmart or to a restaurant and I see women um with their babies. And, you know, they might have them in car seats or wraps or they might be holding them or whatever. The fact that they left the house was, is amazing to me. I'm just like, I want to applaud you. I want to cheer you on because that is not something I was capable of doing for like many, many, many months, probably not the first year. I was incapable of going to a restaurant, um, and eating with my child. I was, I, my postpartum was too crippling. Um, but, uh, Fast forward, Ollie is six months old and my Reiki master kept saying, you know, you can do this. This is already inside of you. You can do this. And I said, lady, you are crazy. And um, I had quit my job. I was home with Ollie for four months, uh, luckily. And I went back to my job that I had been with for five years. And I thought that was like the job. I had spent my whole life wanting to work for a major pharmaceutical company like that. Moved to Nebraska just for that job. Um, and I had worked there for five years thinking that this was where I was going to die and where I was going to work. But when I went back, it was impossible for me. It was an hour commute for my house. I hated physically being that far away from all these daycare. I hated being... Uh, I hated the commute. The people had gotten more toxic than I had remembered. I had changed being gone for four months and being like really grounded in motherhood and really grounded in what I was doing with Ollie, and which was very much attachment parenting and healing and being still. I never sat so long in my entire life, but in my postpartum, I learned to sit. I learned what was important. I learned who wasn't important. I learned who my friends were. And I learned that no one was coming to save me. I, oh, that was hard. It's still hard. Um, Not my mom, not my mother-in-law. Like no one was coming to save me except maybe my postpartum doula. And we had a mommy's helper at that point. But even then, they were paid um, a lot of people that were in our circle disappeared. Um, but boy, did my husband and I cling to each other. Um, and I clung to Netflix a lot and I clung to Ollie a lot and I cried a lot and I ate a lot of beef jerky. And, um, I had this little cart where I had my, um, I had all my snacks. And my blue Gatorade, because I blue blue, blue Gatorade um, made me make more milk. And I would do what's called power pumping and I would do triple feeding with Ollie. It took us a really long time to become exclusively bar spread. It took us till Ollie was 12 weeks old. Um, and we almost lived at the um, there's this amazing place here in Omaha and Lincoln, Nebraska called Milkworks, plug-in for them. They are an amazing nonprofit that supports and advocates for breastfeeding. Um, and they work with, and they provide so many services, but they'll fit you for a breast pump, um, breastfeeding uh, bras, pumping bras, flanges. Did you know that most women have the wrong size flanges? Go get your TATAS checked out and make sure you're using the right size flanges. Um, the flanges are the part that go that actually go around your um, your breast to pump. And you know inserts into the suction part. So anyway, I'm probably explaining that wrong. But uh, anyway, I would spend so many hours pumping, power pumping, being dedicated to that because it's the last thing I had. A lot of things went wrong in my birth, and I'll spare you those details. But um, that was the only thing I had left in my postpartum, and I chose to focus on that. So I learned baby wearing. I learned breastfeeding. And I learned Ollie. And then I learned that I had to be an advocate for us. I had to be an advocate for myself. And um sometimes that was really messy. I was not good at all the things anymore. I was a highly functioning, I was a highly functional person, high performance at my job, but I was also anxious. And, um, I was pretty much like chaos on legs. Um, in some cases, sometimes people would call me hurricane Carolina and, um, that knew me well in Miami, but I'm not a hurricane anymore. Um, I am not a hurricane at all. Six years later, five years later, um, I'm quite the opposite. Um, so healing does take place and healing does change you. Um, <clears throat> so that's my postpartum. But through that, I got Reiki. And that's really along those other things, going to seeing my midwife, seeing a therapist. And I didn't take drugs um, or, you know, I didn't take pharmaceuticals. Um, and that was really hard for a lot of medical practitioners to understand. Is like, I didn't want to do that. And my body didn't handle those drugs well because I had taken antidepressants and mood stabilizers, uh, for a couple of years in my twenties. And it just didn't serve me well. And since I was breastfeeding and all of those things, and there are ways that you can, there are breastfeeding safe pharmaceuticals. Um, but for me, I just knew that I wanted to do it a different way that I wanted to handle For me, I had to get a grip on the root cause of all of these things. And what had happened was I discovered is a lot of the unhealed traumas that I did not address came up in my postpartum. And that led to a lot of my philosophies I now have in my Reiki practice is that if we can heal, if we can heal these unhealed traumas that happen when we're children and our adolescents and our in our adulthood, before we have children, it would make fertility, pregnancy, birth, and postpartum so much easier. It doesn't mean that you won't have troubles, but my belief is that the more you heal up front, the less complications that you're going to have later. Um, for me, I was sexually assaulted in my twenties and I didn't tell anybody. I didn't tell my husband. Um, I didn't tell anyone until probably, gosh, it might be now three years ago until 2019. So in this case, Ollie would have been, um, a little over two and I didn't tell anyone, but, and I had an abortion in my twenties. Um, so all of those things that I did not know how to conquer, I did not even know that needed to be addressed. I was like, all right, I will live through it. That's enough. I endured. It made me stronger. And then now here I am. But then I would stare at my baby and I felt like a worthless human being because I I had an abortion. I'm like, well, I did this horrific thing and I was in a terrible situation. And it was just really the The choice that was best for me at that moment. And a lot of people may not agree with me because of their own choices, but this is my story. It was my choice. And, um, it was something that was very difficult for me to go through. Um, but when I would look at Ollie and hold him and I just felt so unworthy to have this beautiful baby boy and, um, So then, but I, but I, I loved him more than I loved myself and I, it, my, it was magnetic. I just had to hold him all the time. So it was a lot to work through my postpartum and for, for a long time after that, but Reiki and, and talk therapy is what helps me get through it. And so for when I first started my Reiki practice, I focused on postpartum because that was the most recent season of life. And then I moved on to helping serving all women. I never resonated uh, giving Reiki to men. Uh, I do give Reiki to my son and to my husband and my puppies. Um, and I have given Reiki to um, clients, husbands, like as a, in a couple setting. Um, but I do not do Reiki for men. I just knew that I was made to do Reiki for women Related to motherhood. And as I pursued it and got more certifications and dived deeper and saw hundreds of clients, I understood what I was. I wasn't just a Reiki master, I was a womb healer because I started to heal my sexual assaults and I started to heal my ancestral trauma. I started to heal my daddy issues. I started to heal my neglect and abandonment issues. And all of that went back to the womb. And I started to see the patterns when I was doing in-person sessions, it all went back to the womb. The disconnection uh, to the person's soul. Um, and through healing, there was, there was a common theme that the people who would come and see me, the women, they wanted more. They wanted to know more they wanted to know that there was more to life than what they were living some women had really tragic stories really significant pain giant traumas painful traumas and then there were some women that just had the perfect life but didn't have fulfillment so no story is more significant than another They're all important. All women are important. All stories are important. But the number one feeling that they all wanted to have was a connection to their soul and to have that fulfillment, to have discovery of what they liked and what they didn't like. And a lot of these women, most women were mothers or on their way to be mothers There is a few who chose not to become mothers and I love working with them too. And they needed to come to peace with their decision not to have children. So Reiki has been a wild ride and a lot of discovery. But the most thankful thing that I have learned is to hold space and to hold space and to do it well. And not everyone does it well. But to me, to hold space means not to project onto other people, just to let the person be who they are, unload what they need to, and activate that healing energy that's already within them so that they leave uplifted, empowered, anchored in who they are, and know that their healing is a process, that it's layered, that it's not linear, it's an ebb and flow. A lot of cliches sayings here, but that. Um, and that is also probably reason why I no longer do one on one sessions anymore. I'll do one on one coaching, and I have a membership, and I have a group program. But for me, I would see people one time, and then they would disappear. There's others that would come every month um, or multiple times a month, and that's really the magic that happens. Is a oh, lot can happen in one session. I mean, for me, I got pregnant after one session. The energetic healing that happened was was amazing, and it was enough. But I prefer to have long-lasting relationships to dive deep into these issues, so that there can be this transformation and empowerment and magic of that person that they recognize that magic, that sovereignty of their power. Um, so. With that, that's the reason why I do it. Is I have I've created these containers to um, foster that kind of um, community. Um, I believe that healing is is. I like to approach healing as a relationship. We have a relationship with money, whether that's a conscious connection and relationship or not. But I believe that we need to treat it like a mindset or a relationship. Like, how do we talk about it? What do we believe about healing? Um, And that's not something that's very commonly done or people can see that they can heal themselves or that they're powerful enough to heal themselves or that the magic is already inside of them. And this is not an abracadabra, but like knowing that they have the capability to transform in that even Reiki in this podcast is not the only modality that we'll talk about. Um, there is, I've gotten trauma massages that have been freaking magical. I've had, um, I talk a lot about human design. Um, there's so many different ways to heal. And I just want women to discover what way is good for them. Sometimes that's exercise or moving your body or, um, yoga or breath work. Um, those kind of things are super powerful too. Um, for me, um, Reiki just has allowed me to see myself for who I am, my power, my strength, my light, that I grew up being blamed for everything for existing. And my family broke apart before I was born because my mom was pregnant with us. And that is a well-known truth. My dad has passed away. Well, I already mentioned that, but, um, I have a brother and a sister. Well, we do not speak and I'm at peace with that. And I'm sure they are too. Um, it's a mutual decision. Um, but I love my mom so much. And most of my life I was pitted against her. Or pit against my dad, depending who it was, but healing a lot of those wounds has made me a better woman, a powerful woman, um, one that is connected to her voice. I'm not perfect, but sometimes I get scared too, and sometimes I get shy um, sometimes I just want to isolate. Other times I'm extremely extroverted and loud and boisterous, and the world knows exactly how I'm feeling and what I'm thinking. Um, but Reiki has made me f- made me secure enough to be who I am authentically online and in real life and realize that I'm not too much and my existence is needed and wanted. And to feel safe in my body. I am 300 pounds and I'm 5'5. Five five. I am curvy and round and plumpy, but I am a strong person. My body is beautiful. And there are some days that I may not like it, but Reiki has made me see through a lens that's very clear. It's not cloudy with self loathing or sabotage that my body created Ollie. And it endured a gallbladder attack, a gallbladder removal surgery, uh, a car crash, and it kept that little baby safe all the way to his exact due date. And I breastfed him for four years, and so when I keep that as the priority of in my mind, um, you know, a lot of women like. I am, Reiki has allowed me to heal in a lot of different ways. And I just want women to know what this kind of wholeness feels like, what this kind of peace feels like, Um, that healing is a commitment and a choice, but it's also choosing you and prioritizing you and knowing that um, I am a mom, but I'm so much more than that. And I'm so much more than my experiences and my traumas. I am even so much more than healing. I am full of curiosity, hobbies and passions, thoughts, laughter and joy. And I think that that's also um, something that women need to be reminded of is that no matter where we are, that we are so much more than we usually allow ourselves to be. It's also your reminder to take up space. Take up as much space as you want. Take up all the space that you need. Laugh as loudly as you need to or want to. Laugh and dance like no one's watching. Because if you don't do it now, when? And it is my hope that with this podcast, that you know that you can just be and do anything that you want, but also just know yourself when someone says, who are you? And you just know, and you can say, I'm, it's not just your job. It's not just your relationship or your titles. I'm a CEO. I'm an entrepreneur. I'm an investor. I am an online service provider. No, I'm a creative. I'm a sexual being. I'm a sacred spiritual person. I am a spiritual being having a human experience. So many things. You don't have to be design, defined by one thing. and You don't have to be defined just by motherhood. Either though motherhood is great. It also sucks sometimes. And nobody tells you that. Breastfeeding hurts sometimes. Pumping sucks sometimes. Working and pumping sucks sometimes. <sighs> um you know and when people tell you it's just oh but aren't you're so lucky you have a healthy baby after you've had a sucky birthing experience that's not okay either it's okay to be in pain and say you know f off not right now and it's okay to set boundaries with people and if they don't understand they'll either be there or they'll exit and that's okay too um so my this is my story and um I am super grateful you've taken the time to get to know me, be here. I hope you enjoy this podcast. I really have created it out of a place of deep inspiration to provide service to women and just again, to connect to themselves, to get to know themselves through having a relationship of healing and playing around with spirituality and um, just all things motherhood. So thank you for being here and I hope you have a great day.